Are you out there doing your best to get on with life? Because, as you already know, it's what you make of your life that really counts. And sometimes having a few shortcuts to help you on your way can be very useful. The NLP Matters podcast might just be the toolbox you need to focus your attention, your effort, your drive onto what really does make the difference. Built on the foundation of neuro-linguistic programming, the NLP Matters podcast offers proven recipes you can use to create and sustain your life your way. G'day and welcome to the NLP Matters podcast. I'm your host, Joe Clark. In this episode, we're continuing our series on NLP presuppositions, the compass that guides us as we use and apply powerful NLP techniques. Last week, we profiled two precepts, both of which gave us the opportunity to see the world from a different perspective. Those precepts are that people are not just their behaviours, so we were separating out our identity from behaviour. And the second precept we looked at was that everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have available at the time. When we take on board these presuppositions, then we can bring understanding, compassion, and if necessary, even forgiveness to our relationship both with ourselves and with others. Today, we're covering two more fantastic precepts, the law of requisite variety and that the meaning of communication is the response you get. Together, these precepts show us the power of bringing behavioural flexibility into all aspects of our lives. As you follow these podcasts, no doubt one of the pictures you'll be starting to form about NLP is what I call its expansive nature. And what I mean here is that as we apply NLP in our lives, we get to expand our notion of what is possible for humans to achieve. In NLP, we emphasize ways of being, thinking and doing that increase growth, choice, possibility, personal responsibility and ultimately personal power. Together, they can be seen as the characteristics of what Carol Dweck, a professor of psychology at Stanford University, calls the growth mindset. This expansive mindset stands in contrast to a fixed mindset, which is characterized by resistance to change, fighting to keep the status quo, limiting choice, blame and helplessness. One of the main strategies that underpins the growth mindset approach is the practice of flexibility. There are two definitions of flexibility that I really like in this context. The first pretty obvious one is that flexibility is the willingness to change or compromise. When we're willing to change and compromise, then more choices open up, more possibilities, and we're we're more able to grow. The second definition of flexibility that is equally important in relation to a growth mindset is the quality of bending easily without breaking. 
I like this definition because it suggests that we can be flexible while still behaving in ways that are aligned with our values. So we can bend, but we're not actually breaking. Instead of living as if everything is black and white, we can instead embrace flexibility and experience so many other colours and shades of life. And we can still live congruently with our own map of reality. When we bring flexibility to how we meet the world, we put ourselves in a position of influence. We can impact outcomes and with our capacity for flexibility, we can build even more quality into our relationships with others. Both the precepts we're looking at in this episode emphasise this power of bringing flexibility. Let's delve into the first precept of today. And yep, it's another of my absolutely favourite NLP precepts. And that is the law of requisite variety. The law of requisite variety originates from within systems theory. It says that the person with the most behavioural flexibility will ultimately control the system. So what we're saying here is if we come into a situation and we're very rigid about how we want something done or about our expectations or what we require other people to do, then we're probably putting ourselves into a relatively powerless position because we're totally dependent on circumstances aligning with our rigid requirements. Whereas if we arrive in a situation where we're outcome focused and we have the capability of adapting behavior to suit the situation, being able to calibrate and adapt means that we can stay focused on the outcome we want to achieve and potentially avoid obstacles, negotiate agreements, reframe misunderstandings and still move forward and ultimately achieve the outcome we want. This is where really bringing the law of requisite variety into our everyday life is so powerful. For me, it always reminds me of those moments in a shopping centre where you see a two-year-old throwing a massive temperate tantrum on the floor. Even though it might not seem like it, that two-year-old has got a lot of behavioural flexibility. They're not at all concerned about how this temper tantrum looks. But you can see in the parent's response to it that as parents, we're much more stuck in the range of responses that we have available to us if we're concerned about what's socially acceptable. As a parent, you can either discipline your child or you can try and overcome them or you might try and keep your child quiet. You might even try and blackmail them. So there you are trying all these strategies, but ultimately we're pretty limited in terms of how far we'll really go with it. Whereas parents who perhaps are more willing to embrace other approaches, such as sitting on the floor with the two-year-old and acknowledging their feelings, or perhaps it could even be joining them and throwing the temper tantrum too, whatever it is, the more flexibility a parent is willing to bring to that situation, the better chance they've got of ultimately getting that two-year-old on board and getting them home, perhaps getting them fed or giving them a drink or maybe even a nap. So the law of requisite variety, as I said before, comes from systems theory. It's where we recognize that if we're adaptable and we have that flexibility built in, then we can manage situations much more smoothly and effectively than if we come in with rigidity and inflexibility. Because sometimes things get out of control and we have to be able to adapt and manage those circumstances 
by changing our behaviour. So for me, this is definitely one of my favourite NLP precepts, reminding us of the importance of behavioural flexibility. It's a really good idea to bring this behavioural flexibility in because we don't often know what's going to come up for other people. Applying behavioural flexibility not only empowers you, but ultimately it's a great model for others. We want people to know that there's always a way and all we need to do is explore the different ways and we'll find a pathway that works. The next precept we're looking at today, the meaning of communication is the response you get. For some people, this is perhaps the most confronting precept because what it's talking about here is being absolutely and totally at cause or responsible for our own communication. And what I mean by that is we're 100% personally responsible for getting our message across. So we're taking on board that how people react to us, the way people interpret our message, is ultimately our responsibility as a communicator. So the way that I communicate to someone I need to check in and calibrate with them and ask myself, was my communication effective based on their response? This precept means I don't attempt to shift responsibility for the successful communication of my message onto the other person that I'm conveying my message to. Now, we do hear people all the time saying things like, but that's not what I meant. Or I didn't intend that. I don't understand why they have to interpret my behavior in that way or my communication in that way. But if we totally embrace this NLP precept, we can say goodbye to those excuses and justifications. Because ultimately what we're saying here is that the meaning of the communication is actually the response we get. So if we think we're conveying one message, and the way the other person interprets it is totally different, then we must look at ourselves to change how or what we're communicating so that we're successful in conveying our meaning to them so that they really do get it. The responsibility for successful communication is back on us. We're the ones who have the capability and the skills and the training hopefully to be able to adapt our communication to make sure the message we're giving actually penetrates and gets through whatever barriers there are existing between us and the other person. Now, when we're working with others, and remember, there's no resistant people, only lack of rapport, so it may be that the meaning of our communication is getting lost because of the lack of rapport we have with the other person. And then it's up to us to ensure that we re-establish rapport and use some strategies to do that. The really cool thing about taking this responsibility for our own communication is that it also liberates us from being entrapped by other people's interpretation of us. So rather than becoming a victim and taking on board that that person sees me this way and there's nothing I can do about it, it puts the onus of action and the option of action right back onto us or right back onto me. So then it's in our own hands. If we want to adapt our communication, adjust our style, then we can get a different response from our audience. Now, I just want to quickly highlight 
what happens if the opposite to these precepts occurs. That is, we don't bring this flexibility to our relationships with others. And we assume that the meaning of our communication is totally a function of our own thinking and has nothing to do with us being mindful of the person we're endeavoring to communicate with. So that would mean that we communicated with everybody in exactly the same way, regardless of their situation, their capabilities, maybe their age, maybe even their language. In my experience as a coach, this sort of approach puts us into what is pretty much a helpless and powerless space as communicators. If we're rigid in the way we approach others and we take no responsibility for how we communicate our message to them, then basically we're saying to them, it's my way or the highway. The message we give is we don't care about the how the other person sees the world. We just expect them to see it from our perspective and even just agree that our perspective is somehow better than theirs. This attitude would basically negate just about every other NLP precept that we've already talked about in the earlier episodes because it means we're acting as if our map is the territory. We're not respecting the other's map. We're rejecting or ignoring their feedback. And we're refusing to accept that everyone, including them, is doing the best they can with what they've got. This approach means we shut down and refuse to explore alternate possibilities. And most likely our reward for this approach is that we get to be righteous. We might even be able to identify a recent election where the lack of behavioural flexibility meant the losing candidate basically did a two-year-old tantrum on the world stage because he wanted to be right. And I don't think any of us really want to look like that. So let me tell you the secret formula. The degree that we can experience happiness, joy, contentment and high-quality relationships is inversely proportional to the degree that we rigidly insist on being right. In fact, you may have heard the expression, you can either be happy or you can be right. Now, sometimes people react against this, saying that giving up being right somehow involves giving up a part of ourselves, our identity. That compromise means giving in to someone, that it means we lose. However, People who truly embrace these two precepts know that is not the case because we know that life is not about winning or losing. This is a false construct that will ultimately steal happiness, joy and often even love out of our lives. The law of requisite variety coupled with acceptance that the meaning of communication is the response it gets frees us from the need to cling on to rigid thinking strategies and perhaps even beliefs that belong in the past and instead enables us to step up and really take the driver's seat in our own lives, knowing that the person with the most behavioural flexibility ultimately controls the system. Join me in the next NLP Matters episode when we continue our podcasts following the Compass for NLP as we explore the final three NLP presuppositions. That all procedures should increase wholeness. All procedures should also be designed to increase choice. 
and that behaviour and change should be evaluated in terms of context and ecology. Stay awesome and I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Wow, thanks for showing up and listening in. We would love to hear from you. Send your thoughts, ideas or questions via email to joanne at destinypursuit.com.au. Now it's time to take today's recipe out into your own life. Notice the differences that show up as you apply it. We'd love to hear how you are progressing with your new approach.